There we go. All right, good. All right, we're glad you're all here tonight. We are, uh, are going to talk for the next several weeks about the age of creation, uh, the earth mainly, but really all of, all of creation. Um, and so tonight we're going to talk about kind of an introduction, kind of what is the, what is the question, why does the question even come up, um, and then we're going to talk at the end about some... Uh, some non-negotiables, because we, we can end up on a couple different places on this question in, in the end, but there's some things that we can't question, some things that we have to kind of end up together on. Um, uh, and then next week, we're going to look at um, some people that believe the, the earth is old, relatively old, so several million or billion years old, uh, reasons that they have for that, explanations for they have for having the, the earth being old, you know, the creation being old. And then uh, the third week, which I think is the 20, the 15th, uh, we're going to look at some uh, views of the earth being young, so several thousand years old, and why people that believe that think that, and how they explain uh, or understand some of the relevant biblical passages. And then the last week, the 22nd, we will um, we'll have a question and answer time, panel discussion with several people up on the stage, um, taking, taking questions and kind of having a discussion about it. And then this, this uh, year, usually our Answers in August series lasts for the four Sundays in August. Um, this year, there are five Sundays in August. The 29th is the final Sunday. Um, and so we're not really sure exactly what we're going to do that Sunday. We're thinking about a couple things that we might try to do. Um, and so we'll, we'll look at that as we get closer to that and let you know, let you know what's going on with that. All right. But tonight we want to talk about the, the question, the problem. How does this question come up? Um, and so I want to tell you about a guy uh, who lived between 1581 and 1656, okay? And his name was James Usher. Uh, James Usher was a Protestant guy, and he was a bishop in Ireland. In fact, he was the, the primate, um, which is not a monkey. He was in charge of kind of the whole church, overseeing the whole church in, in Ireland. Um, and he published a book called uh, the Annals of the World. Actually, it was published a couple years after he died. He died in 1656, and this book was published in 1658, but he's the one that had been working on it um, and had been, been writing it. And it was called The Annals of the World, um, which if you know Latin or, or uh, can, can figure it out, that means the years of the world. And so it was a history, it was a history book, and he was seeking to write a history of the entire world, right? And so he's wanting to go back to the very beginning, the very the very beginning, first of the world, up until his time, the, the mid-1600s. And so what he did was he started in the Bible with um, uh, a, a date that he knew for sure. And so he looked at the, at the, at the Bible in the, in the prophets and in the, in the kings, uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, those, those books, and saw that in, eight, in 586 B.C., the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem. Okay, and that's a known date. That's, that's the date that that happened for sure. 586 BC, uh, the, the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem. And so he started there and he started working backwards. <clears throat> and he used the book of Kings, um, the books of First and Second Samuel, 
the book of, of Genesis, going back through Abraham's lineage and, and back through the genealogies there early on in Genesis. And so he started with 586 and said, okay, well, who's the king in 586? And that king reigned for uh, you know, 14 years, and so then we're back to whatever that is, and then that king reigned for this many years until we're back to here, and he kept tracing it back, going, going with the, the years that the kings reigned, um, and then in the genealogies in, in early part of Genesis, it has the actual dates that they lived and how old they were when certain people, um, when they gave birth to certain sons and, and things like that. And so he worked backwards, and he ended up with uh, deducing that God created the world in 4004 B.C., Okay, 4004 BC, um, which is about 6,000 years ago, right? Um, it's actually 6,025 or 6,026 years ago, um, depending on if you count year zero as a year or not. Um, so, sort of, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll get there in a second. So it went all the way back to 4004 BC. But then he went a little bit further than that. And he said, well, we know that the first day of creation was on a Sunday, right? because the seventh day of creation was on a Saturday. So the first day had to have been a Sunday. And he said the Jewish New Year begins, or the Jewish New Year happens every year in the fall. And so if you have a calendar, it may be even on your calendar, sometimes they're listed on calendars. It's called Rosh Hashanah, which is the head of the year, the beginning of the year. And that's the Jewish New Year. It happens every, every year in the fall. And so he said, so beginning of time must have been around that time, the beginning of the, of, of the year for the, for the uh, Hebrew people, would have been the, the beginning of the first Jewish year. And so he, he figured up in the fall, in the fall of 4004 BC, the, the autumnal equinox or the fall equinox, the first day of fall, um, and, he, and then he looked at the next Sunday after that. And so he said, creation must have begun, the first day of creation must have begun on October 20, on Sunday, October 23rd, 4004 BC. Okay, so he got pretty specific, right? Sunday, October 23rd, 4004 BC. Uh, but he went a little further than that even. And he said that each day of creation began in the evening and ended in the morning. So if you look at Genesis chapter one, we see that. For example, just the, the first day, if you look at um, verse... Verse five, verse five says, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Okay? And so the, the days of creation began in the evening and ended in the, in the morning. And that's how the Jewish, uh, the Jewish days are counted, right? That if you think about Jesus dying, remember when Jesus died and his, so he's on the cross, he's dead, and they rushed to get his body off the cross and get the, the, it prepared and it buried in the tomb um, before that evening. And the reason was because that evening was the beginning of a Sabbath and the, and the day begins in, in the evening for the Jewish people. And so he said, okay, so now we can say that, uh, that the first day of creation, the, the day that creation began was on uh, Sunday, October 23rd, 4004 BC at 6 p.m. In, in the evening. That's when God first said, let there be light. That was the first day, Okay. That may be a little bit too specific for us, but that's what he came up with. And that's what he based his history book um, off of. And so that's about 6,000 years. It's, it, it, it'll be 6,025 years or 6,026 years, whether you count year zero, in October when we, when we get there to the anniversary of October 23rd. It'll be that many years since God has created the, the earth, right? And so based on the genealogies of the Bible, based on the, the time frame that's given in the Bible, 
Um, there's a group of people that think the earth, the, the creation, the, the universe is relatively young, a few thousand years old, right? And usually, usually they say around 10,000 years old, a little less than 10,000 years old, right? And that gives some, some leeway because uh, the genealogies are not always exact. It doesn't always go from father to son. Sometimes it goes from grandfather to son, and so it skips them a generation. So you figure those in, um, and, and, it, and, and we say, the people that, that believe the earth is young say, around 10,000 years old. Okay? Well, the same time frame as James Usher, there was another guy that lived, and his name was Nicholas Steno. Okay? And he wasn't the first reporter. He's not the one that invented the Steno pad, right? That was just his name, Nicholas Steno. Um, that was a really funny joke. I don't know if y'all, if y'all must not have gotten it because you didn't laugh, but it was really funny. Uh, so he lived between 1638 and 1686. Okay, so around the same time, a little bit after James Usher, they were alive uh, for about 20 years or so. They were alive at the same time. But this guy was a, was a bishop in Denmark, and he was a Catholic guy. And so he was a Catholic bishop in Denmark. And what, what uh, Nicholas Stino did was he developed this, uh, this idea of geological stratification. Okay, those are some big words, geological stratification. So geological means geology, which has to do with, with rocks and the earth and that kind of thing. And stratification means um, to, be, to be stratified, to, to be, exist in stratas or layers, right? Um, if you would, uh, Andy, would you put the, the drawing, not the picture of the mountain, but the drawing up please first? Okay, good. And so this is kind of a, kind of a cartoonish type drawing, but this is what he was saying, um, that over the years, uh, fossils collect and they build up into different layers, right? They build up into different layers and, and each layer represents a certain number of years. It's similar to like a, like a tree ring, right? Where the tree grows in, in, in circles uh, outward, the, the older it gets. Um, and, and this is kind of how, how, how time works or how geology works, how rocks are, are formed. And so each layer uh, represents a certain number of years and then based on the number of these strata or layers that have been excavated, uh, the earth, he says, must be, must be much older than a few thousand years. Must be much older than several thousand years. All right, would you put the other one up, the picture of the mountain? So there you can see it. Here you can see it kind of more, as, as more realistic. And you see like the lines going through, the horizontal lines going through the mountain. Um, and so those are like supposedly the, the different layers of fossils that are formed over time. And so this guy, Nicholas Stino, said that if this is the case, then that would have taken much longer than six to 10,000 years for those, all of those layers to form, for, all, for, for that mountain to form, or mountains like that to form. And so the earth must be a lot older than uh, just a few thousand years, okay? And uh, then there was a guy a little bit after him in, in the early 1900s, his name was Arthur Holmes, and he was a, a geologist, and he published a book called The Age of the Earth. Okay? And he was the first person to, to try to do like a, a, an actual study and try to come up with an actual day or actual uh, date that the earth was, was first formed. Okay? And so based on his, uh, his efforts, he used a, a thing called radiometric dating where certain radioactive elements in rocks decay into non-radioactive elements, right? So the one he was using, I think, there's, you probably, you maybe have heard of carbon dating, 
And that's, that's what that's based on. What he was using was uranium. Uranium is a radioactive element. Um, and over time, uranium decays and turns into lead. It loses protons in the, in the atoms and it turns into lead over time. And so he was saying if you study these rocks and you measure how much uranium is left in them and how much lead is in them, then you can get a, a, an idea of, uh, of how old they are. Okay, and we'll talk about this a little bit more in the coming weeks and whether that's right or, or wrong or whether it's good or some problems or whatever. But what he came up with was the earth or the creation is 1.6 billion years old. Okay, that's a pretty big difference, right? Between six to 10,000 and 1.6 billion. But then later he revised his, uh, his measurements. Uh, he did more studies, I guess, or whatever. And he later revised um, the earth to 4.5 billion years old which is, again, is a lot different than six to 10,000 years. Um, today, uh, most scientists go with his, with his, um, with his study, with his uh, um, observations. They use the same, uh, the same method, the stratification method that we talked about before. And so today, most scientists believe that the Earth is around 4.54 billion years old, okay? And the universe, is around 13.8 billion years old. And so that's a, that's a big difference, right? The big difference between 13.8 billion years old and 6,000 years old, right? In fact, there's almost a 13.8 billion year difference between those two, right? So that's, that's where we are. And so that's the, that's the problem. How do we decide how old the earth really is? And, and there are faithful Christians who believe the earth is uh, several thousand years old, and they're faithful Christians who believe the earth is several billion years old. And so next week, we're gonna look at some of the arguments that people that believe the earth is several billion years old make, right? Now we're gonna just forget about some of the arguments. There's some arguments that say, well, the Bible's just obviously wrong. It's, it's just mythology. It's not, it's not even trying to, to, to be factual and we don't believe the Bible's true at all. We're, gonna, we're not even gonna consider those because we don't, we don't think that that's right. But there are believers who say the Bible is true, the Bible is right, we believe the Bible. Um, but we also, from reading the Bible and from studying creation around us, we, we've come to the conclusion that the earth is several billion years old. And we'll, we'll talk about some of those different theories of, of how, how the Bible fits with that view um, next week. And then there are others who say, well, I know the earth looks like it's several billion years old, um, but we believe the Bible says, no, it's, it, it's not that old. It, it's pretty young. It's only a few thousand years old. And so the, the, the week after next, which will be the 15th, we're going to talk about... Uh, theories uh, of people that believe the earth is young. And so if the earth looks really old, but the Bible says it's more young, how do you fit that together? Why does it look so old if it's not really that old? And so we'll, we'll talk about some of those views on, uh, on that third week. And then the fourth week we'll have questions and answers, okay? Um, but this is the problem, this is the question. This is the issue that we're, that we're talking about. So, Let's look at the Bible for a minute and let's see some of the, some of the problems, in quotation marks, some of the problems that people see in, in the Bible. Why is it that some people read the Bible and come to the conclusion that there are, uh, are several billion years in the earth's lifespan and others read the Bible and say that there's several thousand years in the earth's lifespan? Well, first let's think about people that, uh, that, that say the earth is young. Now we, we may agree, everyone may agree, even people that think the earth is young may agree that, uh, that saying the creation began on Sunday, October 23rd, 4004 BC at 6 p.m. 
that might be a little too specific, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe they shouldn't go that, that far um, in, in, in trying to nail something down, but they still believe that the earth is pretty young, and, and they do so for a few reasons. Uh, for one reason is, if you just read Genesis 1, it seems, if you just read it kind of straightforward, it seems like that's what the Bible is saying. It seems like the Bible is saying that God created the earth in seven days, right? I mean, that is what the Bible says. God created the earth in seven days. And so people that think the earth is young, they say, well, if you just read it and you're not being influenced by, by what scientists say, you're not being influenced by what the world looks like, but you're just committed 100% to what God says, it seems like he's saying that he created the earth in seven days, right? And then right after those seven days, um, or, or soon after those seven days, it goes into the history of, of, of uh, the rest of Genesis. Follows right pretty far, pretty close after that, right? So it should be that if you if you take what James Usher did and start with the date that you know, and you're able to trace it back, it should be around that around that time frame. And so if you read it, it it looks just like it's like that's what it's saying. It's pretty clear that that's what it's saying. Um, and then an, another thing that people that think the Earth is young say is, they'll say, well, if you think the Earth is old, okay, but here's a big problem with that. Here's a big problem you have to answer if you think the Earth is old. If you think the earth is several million years old, several billion years old, that means Adam and Eve are not that old, right? Even scientists don't believe that people are that old. They believe that, that humanity began, I think, a few hundred thousand years ago. Um, I'm not exactly sure, but, but maybe 100, 150,000 years, years ago, something like that. Um, and so there's, there's billions and billions and billions of years before humans exist. And, and for billions and billions and billions of years, you have plants and you have animals and you have uh, bacteria and you have all these things that are dying. And so how can things die before humans exist if Adam and Eve sinning in the garden is what brings death into creation to begin with, right? And so if you look at Genesis chapter two or just listen to Genesis chapter two, we're gonna read several Bible passages here. We're gonna be flipping a lot here for the next, uh, for, for the rest of tonight. But if you, if you look at Genesis chapter 2, starting in verses 16 and 17, we read this. And the Lord God commanded man, saying, You may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Okay? So there God clearly tells Adam, tells Adam that if you eat from this one tree, when you eat from it, you will die that day, okay? Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he wouldn't have died anyway if he hadn't eaten from the tree at some point, right? But it, but it says if you eat from this tree, then you will certainly die that day. But if we turn to Romans chapter five, and you're welcome to turn there if you want, or if not, you can just listen. But if we turn to Romans chapter five, starting in verse 12, we read this. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass, where if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, 
but the free gifts following many trespasses brought justification. And so here Paul clearly says that the one man's sin, verse 12, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin. And so it seems that Paul is saying sin entered the world through one man, Adam, when he disobeyed, and through that one sin, death entered the world. Now, someone who, who's going to critique that and maybe thinks the earth is old, they, they might say, well, that's just talking about human death, right? But there was death of other plants and animals and things like that before, um, but this is just talking about why humans die, okay? And, and, that, and, and they may have a case there. They can make an argument from that. But, but just reading this right now without studying a whole lot together, I, I don't think so. I think, it's, I, I think Paul is making a, a case here that, that death itself came into the world because Adam sinned. And if Adam had not sinned, death would not have come into the world. In verse 12, again, he says, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. So death came into the world through sin. Death was not in the world before Adam and Eve sinned. It doesn't seem like, right? And then if you're familiar with those, uh, we're not going to turn there or read there, but if you're familiar with the, with the uh, genealogies in Genesis right after um, I think there's, a, there's one uh, in, in chapter 9, I believe, or chapter 10 of Genesis. Uh, there may be one before that too. But in those genealogies, it's clear that over and over and over, so-and-so lived this many years and had this, this many kids, and then he died. And this person lived so many years and had so many kids, and then he died. And this person lived so many years and had so many kids, and then he died. And the refrain that keeps going over and over and over throughout those genealogies is, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. It's making the point that, this is the result of Adam and Eve's sin. This is the result of them disobeying and sin coming into the world, that now death is reigning, as Paul said. Death is reigning from Adam to Moses, okay? And there were two, two people in those genealogies that didn't die, and those were the exceptions, right? Those were the exceptions. Um, so, so, so those are some things that, that young earth people look at the Bible and say, they say, well, if you just read it, it seems like he's just saying it took seven days, he created the earth, and, and, and he began, you know, working with, with humanity, going into human history. Um, and then if, if, the, if the earth is old, how, how is death there before Adam and Eve begin to sin? Okay? But people that believe the earth is old, they also look at these early chapters of the Bible, and, and they point out some things as well. Okay? And so one of them is, look at Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 14. Genesis chapter 14, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens and give light upon the earth and it was so and God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars and God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. Okay, so one thing that, that people that believe the earth is old will point to is they'll say, see, th there's something going on here. We can't take these early verses, this early chapter of Genesis. Maybe, maybe there's some hints here that that's not supposed to be taken literally. And we'll talk about how they do read it next week. But maybe that's not supposed to be taken literally. And one of the reasons is because God didn't create the sun until the fourth day. The sun and the moon were created on day four. So what's going on with days one, two, and three? There's no sun, right? And he says even in verse... Um, uh, verse 16, no, no, uh, 
in verse, uh, the end of verse 14, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, right? The way that we count a day is 24 hours, right? The, the time it takes the earth to spin on its axis one time. And, and what we see is there's, there's daylight and there's darkness each day, right? There's daylight and there's darkness, daylight and darkness, daylight and darkness. And for the first three days, at least, there wasn't that, right? So if the first three days were 24-hour days the way that we know them now, um, they, were, they were different than the fourth day because the sun and moon didn't exist until the fourth day. And so what's happening? Is, is this really God literally telling us how he created the universe and in what order and, and, and the time span, or is there something else going on here? Okay, so that's one thing that older people will point to. Another thing they'll point to is look at Genesis chapter 1, look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. And God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind on the earth. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind, and God saw that it was good, and there was evening, and there was morning the third day. So what God did on the third day was he, he created vegetation, right? Fruit trees, other, other plants, but it doesn't say that he created the plants. It says in verse 11, let the earth sprout vegetation. And so how long does it take to sprout vegetation? How long does it take for a fruit tree to, to begin bearing fruit. And so if this is just a 24-hour regular day that, that like we're used to, well, so on day three, the earth is beginning to sprout vegetation and beginning to sprout trees. And then on day seven and eight and nine and 10, the people, Adam and Eve, are, are already eating from those trees. Well, there's not time for a tree to sprout and grow and begin to bear fruit in just a number of days, right? It takes... It takes years for, for trees to mature to the point to where they're bearing fruit. And, and so is this literally saying that God's had the earth start sprouting vegetation on day three, and then they begin eating it on day, uh, whatever day it was, six, uh, seven or, or eight or six. I don't know if they were hungry when they were first created or whatever, but you, you get the point, right? There's not enough time there. So there, it seems like there may be something else going on. Um, and so then the other thing that people th who think the earth is old believe um, or, or point to is they say maybe the whole purpose of Genesis 1 is not to tell us how God created the world. Maybe, maybe this is not really about science. Maybe this is about something else. Maybe he's not giving us, uh, you know, a play-by-play -play, uh, specific order of how he did it and in what time frame he did it. Um, and, and we're going to look at, at, at how they explain that next week. But they say maybe, maybe this is not even really about science. Maybe this is not even really about um, how he did it. It's just telling us what he did. And, and they point to it being, uh, being somewhat poetic. One of the problems is it's not poetry. If you, if you look at your Bible, it's written in paragraph one, right? If you look at the Psalms in your Bible, the Psalms are, are um, indented and they, they're, 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 they don't look like just like a paragraph that you're writing, right? They're, all, they're indented, the stanzas are all, um, all uh, indented so that they're even with each other. And these early chapters of Genesis are not like that. Th this is clearly not poetry, it's prose, but the, some people say that it's still meant to be taken poetically or, or symbolically not to give us some type of, of scientific understanding or explanation of how the earth was made, how the universe was made, right? So we have people on, on both sides here. One of, um, I, had a, I had a professor in college who uh, used to work at the seminary here and then he was teaching at the college I went to and he, he wrote this book about, it's a book about sin but, uh, and it's okay, it's a pretty good book, but the best thing about it is 
Each chapter he has uh, in the book, he begins with a poem. There's a poem on the facing page of each chapter. It's a poem that he's written. He, he writes some poetry. Um, and he, he wrote this poem called Beginning Etc. It's one of my favorite, maybe my favorite poem in the book, all right? And you, you got to kind of hear it in his accent because he's got this, this southern uh, South Carolina accent. Um, but here's what it says. It says, in the beginning was the double negative because there weren't nothing. God brooded over the confusion and thought, if there weren't something, there ought to at least be nothing. But there weren't. And God said, let's put a little light on the subject. And he did. And the light clear thing, cleared things up. So everything that was cleared up, God called something. And everything that weren't, God called nothing. And when God settled on the difference between something and nothing, he called it good. But people call it science because they don't like values. And this is, this is how, how some people that think the earth is old take, take these early chapters of Genesis. That he's, this is not science. This is, this is God telling us, he's not giving us details of how he did it. He's telling us what he did. He's telling us that it's good, it's good, it's good, it's very good. But he's not telling us exactly how he did it or in, in exactly what time frame he did it. It's not to be taken literally, okay? So next week we're going to get into more detailed uh, kind of arguments or explanations of people that think the earth is old. And then the following week we'll get into more detailed arguments or explanations for people that think the earth is young. Um, but before we finish tonight, and I do want to finish in time to have a, have a few questions if you have any. But before we finish tonight, I want to go over four things that are non-negotiable. Okay? Four things that, that have to be true. Whether you think the earth is old or whether you think the earth is young, whether you think the earth is several billion years old or whether you think the earth is a few thousand years old, we have to believe at least these four things. And there probably are other things that, that, that we could put in this category as well, but these are the four um, that I came up with uh, for tonight. And the first one is God is the creator. Okay? So whether the earth is several billion years old or the, first, or the earth is a few thousand years old, God did it. God created it. Okay, and we have this passage in Genesis, but we have some other passages also. So, so listen to, to me as I read these other ones. Um, here's one from, from Mark chapter 13. This is Jesus speaking, and he says uh, in Mark chapter 13, verse 19, he says, for in those days there will be such tribulation as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now and never will be. And so he's not talking about creation at all. He's talking about what's going to happen in, in the end times. He says there's going to be this great tribulation. It's going to be so bad that we've not seen anything like it from now all the way back to when God created the, the, the universe, right? He's not talking about creation. He's talking about something else. He just includes that. Jesus does. He says that God is the one that created the universe, okay? And then you may be more familiar with Colossians uh, chapter 1. Paul talking here, Colossians chapter 1, um, Verse 16, he says, For by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Okay? And so Jesus was involved in creation as well. But, but clearly the Bible teaches in other places other than just Genesis, the Bible clearly teaches that God created everything that's been created, right? We could look at, at John chapter one, the gospel of John chapter one, where, uh, where it talks about how all things that were made were made by him and, and through him, right? So, so one thing we have to believe, no matter how old we think the earth is, we have to believe that God is the one that did it, okay? 
A second thing we have to believe is that Adam and Eve were historical, real people, okay? And so this, this kind of this nudges out some, some views. You know, you might think the earth is old and was created billions of years ago, but you can't, you can't really believe in evolution the way that it's taught uh, or the way that it's believed sometimes by, by uh, people that are not believers, right? Because we can't believe, no matter how old we think the earth is, we can't believe that people, humanity, gradually evolved from lower life forms into what we see today, right? Adam and Eve were real historical people. They were real historical people. And, and we see this plenty of places other than in the Old Testament, other than in Genesis. Um, Jesus talks about it in Luke, in, in Luke chapter three, I'm not gonna read it, but it's Jesus's genealogy, right? We're familiar with that. It, it talks about how Jesus's genealogy is traced all the way back. Uh, Matthew traces it all the way back to David and to Abraham, but Luke traces it all the way back to Adam. And he says that Jesus is in the physical line of Adam as far as his genealogy goes. Well, he can't be in the physical line of Adam if Adam is just a mythical character that, that Moses created or whoever wrote Genesis created to, to tell us this story about creation. Adam is an actual person who had descendants, who had a son, who had a grandson, who had great grandsons and great great grandsons, all the way to uh, all the way to Jesus. Okay. Um, in Romans and First Corinthians, we see we see this as well. We see Adam contrasted with Jesus as the the first man and the second man, the the old man and the new man. And so Jesus and Adam are, are, are contrasted with one another. Jesus is like Adam in some ways. Adam is like Jesus in some ways. They're different in some ways. But, but, but it's clear when Paul is making the, that comparison in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, he's talking about a person who actually existed uh, and lived in, in history. Okay? Another place, I will read this one. This is in 1 Timothy uh, where Paul's writing. 1 Timothy chapter 3, I'm sorry, chapter 2, verse 13, he says this. For Adam was formed first and then Eve, okay? And he's making an argument here about who can teach in the church and that kind of thing, and we don't need to get into all that, but just he makes the point, Adam was made first and then Eve. Well, if Adam was made first and then Eve, he, he's talking like they're real people, right? They're real people that were made by God, created by God, okay? So Adam and Eve are real historical people. In, uh, in Matthew, another place, I'm not going to read these, but another place, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 4, Jesus is taught, they're asking Jesus about divorce. And he, and he, quote, or he, he references Adam and Eve and how, uh, how the, the wife will leave her mother and, and they'll become one flesh, right? But he, but he references Adam and Eve there, just like it was in the days of Adam and Eve, he says. And so again, he talks about them as if they were real people. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul warns the Corinthian church that the serpent will deceive us just like he did Eve. And so again, he's talking about Eve as if she's a real person. So we have to believe that God created the, the, the universe and we have to believe that Adam and Eve were real historical people. Um, and then we also have to believe that Adam and Eve were the first people. Adam and Eve were the first people to ever exist, the first humans to ever exist. And, and, and we see this in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 where Paul writes, First uh, Corinthians fifteen forty five. Paul says this. He says, "Thus it is written: the first man Adam became a living being; the last Adam, referencing Jesus, the last Adam became a life giving spirit." But he says, "The first man Adam became a living being." 
And so Jesus says that Adam was the first man, the first human, the first person that existed. Okay? And then finally, number four, um, I think we have to believe that sin and death entered the universe, entered the, the world, entered creation, and spread through Adam and Eve's disobedience. Okay? I think we have to believe that it, that it entered the, the, the creation and spread because of Adam and Eve's disobedience. And there's two places where we see that. The first one is in 1 Timothy 2, verse 14. We just read verse 13. This is verse 14 now. He says, he says, and Adam, he says, for Adam was formed first, then Eve, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Okay, so Paul says, again, looking back at history, Adam's not the one that, that was, now they both sinned and they both became sinners and they both fell and they both ended up dying and Adam is the one who's held responsible for it even more so than Eve is. But he makes the point, and if you look back and read the story in Genesis 3, it's, it's, a, very, it's a very detailed historical point that Adam wasn't deceived. Adam sinned and ate from the tree when he shouldn't have, but he's not the one that was deceived. The serpent came to Eve and deceived her, and she ate, and then she gave to Adam, and he ate, right? And so that, that, that sin is almost worse for Adam. It may be worse for Adam, because Eve ate because the serpent deceived her. Adam chose to eat even though he wasn't deceived. He chose to eat anyway, not being deceived, right? But he, but he, he makes the point here that, at, that Eve was deceived, Adam wasn't. And then in Romans chapter 5, we already read this passage just a moment ago, but Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, um, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Uh, again, the, the same point I made earlier is that sin and death came into the world through Adam, and sin and, and, and death spread throughout creation because of Adam, through Adam. Right? So four things we have to hold to. One is that God is the creator. No matter how old we think the earth is, no matter how we think he did it, God did it. Okay? Number two, Adam and Eve were real historical people. They're not, they're not some, some myth to just to tell a creation story the way that, that, that others, other cultures have creation stories um, that, that we see. Uh, Adam and Eve were the first people. There was no one before them. They were the, the actual first people that existed. And then sin and death uh, entered creation and spread through Adam and Eve's disobedience. Okay? And there may be other things too, but those are the four um, that, that I came up with, right? Uh, I mean, we, I, I would add to that, I guess, that, that Eden was a real place, the garden was a real place that really existed, right, that, that they lived in. Um, yeah. Okay, so, so the whole question is, how old is, is creation? If you just look at the, at the Bible and, and don't take into consideration natural revelation, you know, God reveals him to, himself to us in two ways. In that passage we read in, in, uh, in Psalm, 91 to be, or Psalm 19 to begin the service today, um, makes that clear, that God reveals himself through creation. We see God in creation, and we also see God in his word. And so... If we just take a straightforward reading of, of, of Genesis 1, kind of overlooking a couple questions that, that, that might be raised, it seems like the earth is pretty young. But if we look at the world around us, and maybe if we look at the Bible a little bit more deeply, a little bit more, in, 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 uh, a little bit more detailed, maybe the earth is older than, than, it, than, than we would think at first glance, right? And that's the whole question. So next week we'll talk about... Um, People that think the earth is old, how do they explain that? How do they explain how the Bible fits with, with the, the look of, of the world? 
and then the week after that, Young, young Earth, how they explain that, and then the last week, questions. So we will have a time for questions at the, at the end, but we have a few minutes left tonight. If you have any questions uh, tonight, Jake will be happy to answer those. Could y'all hear? Yep. So those weren't those weren't necessarily questions. They were more trying to trying to prove what what I said wrong, maybe. Um, but uh, but so he he was he was talking about some of the objections that, that I brought up against the Earth being young, and he said so. Uh, you know, the the sun and moon were not created until day four, but if you look at days one, two, and three, they do it. It does say evening and morning day one, evening and morning day two, evening and morning day three. And that, so that seems like a regular day like we know, a regular 24-hour day, just like we experience, just without the sun and moon there, right? And if you, if you remember, the first day God created light, right? So even, even though the sun and moon are not there, light is there. Um, and, and so it seems like there's still regular days, evening and morning each day. And then, um, and then he said the, um, the vegetation not growing, the vegetation having to sprout and not being mature in enough time for the people to eat it. Um, he was saying there's, some, there's something going on there that doesn't happen in, 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 in our time anyway, because again, there was no sun or moon there. And so how are the, how's the vegetation growing if, if the sun's not there? And of course it was just one day, the sun, that was on day three, the sun was made on day four, so, but, but there's no sun or moon there. And then, um, and then he said when it talks about the, the fruit trees bearing their fruit, it seems like, it sounds like maybe God created them already mature, already bearing their fruit. Yep. Yeah, so, so Genesis chapter 2, remember, the, you know, there's two creation stories in the Bible in the Genesis account. The first one is in chapter 1, and then there's, a, there's another one in chapter 2 where God kind of repeats some of what happens in chapter 1 and gives more detail. Um, and in chapter 2, it, he says that, that when he's planting the garden, it seems like the garden is, uh, it's, it's mature plants being planted. That you don't have to wait for them to mature to begin producing fruit to eat and things like that. Yep. Yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk more about about all those things. Yep, Miss Ellie. Yeah, yeah, Miss Ellie said it's super supernatural. That's right. God spoke it and it happened. That's right, Miss Linda. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So a couple of things about that. You're you're exactly right. Um, you know, when Moses saw God, he came down and said he was glowing. He had to put a veil on. 
so that, so that the people could look at him even just from reflecting God's, God's beauty and God's light. Um, there's something similar to that in the transfiguration when Jesus, when they see Jesus transfigured in his glory. Um, and then if, if you look at the end of Revelation, when we talk about the new heavens and the new earth, it says there, there won't be a sun there because there's no need for a sun because Jesus is the sun. Jesus is the light, right? And, and again, light was created on day one. And so somehow there's light there without the sun being there or the moon and stars being there, right? So there is a source of light already there before the sun and moon and stars are created. Yep. Anything else? Yep, Andrew? Well, that also sounds to me like, it sounds like Moses is making the case that this is how it was done. You know, not in a full scientific way, the way we would think of science today, but it does seem like he's saying, he's not, he's not telling us just what God did, but he's, he's giving us some time indicators of when it happened and how it happened. Like you're saying, like the, they're, they're 24 hour days. Yeah. Right, that's, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. 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 Okay, we'll, we'll keep that in mind as we go forward the next couple of weeks. Yeah. One of the, one of the big things we're going to have to talk about next week especially is what, what does the word day mean, right? And some of y'all may already be familiar with that, but what does the Hebrew word that's translated day, day mean? Is that a day? Is that... Is it a day like we think of, 24-hour day? Is, it, is that something different, some other period of, period of time that's not like a 24-hour day? Um, again, there's no sun or, or moon there until, until the fourth day, so there's something different about it, uh, maybe. But that's going to be a big thing we'll talk about a lot next week is what does, the word, what does the word day mean in Genesis 1? Any other questions before the bell rings? All right, let's pray real fast and we'll be finished. Father God, we thank you so much for a good, good Sunday. God, we thank you for, for Pastor Jake preaching to us this morning in your word. And God, we pray that, that, that you will be working in us by your Holy Spirit, that we will be loving you with all of our heart, mind, uh, soul, strength, everything in us. And God, we thank you that you are our creator and that we rely on you. And, and God, I pray that you would help us not even to get so caught up maybe on, uh, on, on details of things that... Um, it's good for us to know. It's good for us to have conversations like this and, and, and think about things like this. But, but God, as we've said here at the end, either way, whether you created the earth several billion years ago or several thousand years ago, God, you created it. And you made it for us and, and, and you're providing for us in it. And God, we thank you for that. I pray you'd help us to, uh, to rely on you um, in, in, every, in every aspect of our life. And God, I pray you'd help us in the next few weeks to think well and, and, and to ask some good questions and um, and, and, and see your wisdom in how you've created the universe around us. And God, we thank you so much for Jesus. It's in his name we pray, amen.